Was there a board meeting? I didn't even know. <laughs> okay, I can do the intro uh, if I remember what it is. Welcome to Atticus Shrugged, the podcast about politics and culture in the South. Um, uh, I guess we're going to do introductions on this one since we haven't in a while. So instead of introducing everybody myself, uh, why don't we bring people who didn't used to listen to us all the time and aren't in our immediate families um, up to speed on who we are? Are those uh, two so different David, groups? First? Is that no, two different groups? Our immediate family <laughs> and people who used to listen we have to us? We have a really loyal uh, fan base of my mom and uh, Carter Williams. And nobody in my family. <laughs> and uh, my mom will listen if I uh, say anything bad about uh, the family, which is all I have to say is bad stuff. Well, that's why this is a uh, podcast about the South. So should I start? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, why don't you go? All right, I'm David Dykes. I'm from East Tennessee. I'm from outside Knoxville in Rockford, a little mill town. And um, I have an MFA in poetry. I teach. I live in Mexico. Um, I've lived in New Orleans, in Texas, in Tennessee, and in Mexico. So very south, very much uh, from the south. <laughs> Further south than any of us. Yeah, <laughs> at the moment, anyway. The deepest south. Uh <laughs> And I am Chad Watson. Uh, I grew up in Tazewell, Tennessee. Not new Tazewell, but old Tazewell. About an hour and a half north of Knoxville. And Real Tazewell. Real Tazewell. Real Tazewell. On the wrong side of the tracks. And I live, I've uh, lived in Tennessee, and I've lived in Houston, Texas. Uh, and I live in Houston, Texas right now. And I teach math. I teach statistic high school statistics uh in i'm glad you just edited san francisco out of your bio so you could pass i mean yeah i only lived in san francisco for two years it's very uh i I, it's a it was a formative experience but i lived in san francisco for two years where i also taught math and in south san francisco i taught math and well actually no that's not true okay like southern you were a puppeteer when you were in uh san francisco uh yeah i was yeah you can watch the uh documentary for uh being john malkovic um i'm in yeah. it i thought you were in the drummer rotation for j church when you were in san francisco I was. well that's the if you count riding the j church bus i or the j church train um, <laughs> i did i've been riding the j church bus i did um i did see somebody get hit by a bus outside of muddy waters coffee so that is true. That did happen when I lived in San Francisco. I didn't see them get hit by a bus, but I saw somebody under a bus, under like lying underneath the bus. <laughs> <laughs> when I walked outside of Muddy Waters Coffee, so that's the ultimate San Francisco experience. I think. Yeah, according to public, it has everything: <laughs> public transportation, <laughs> death, yeah. espresso, that yeah. Wizard of Oz yeah. thing with the feet yeah. sticking out from under. <laughs> Well, the guy who got run over was probably homeless because he was only making 200000 a year and couldn't afford an apartment. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's got homeless people because I'm pretty sure he was home- the guy that got hit by a bus was homeless. So, yeah. Yeah. He was only like uh, 
programming Windows or something. He was only like, uh... <laughs> yeah, right, right. He invented like a, a pet supply online retailer. Yep. Um. All right, I guess it's me. Hey, I'm West Cheek. Uh, I uh, research disasters, and I'm on a postdoc over here in Kyoto, Japan. I just left Tulane. I've been in New Orleans for eight years. I'm from Destin, Florida, the world's luckiest fishing village, and now the world's unluckiest tourist <laughs> destination. Um, yeah, so uh, not not East Tennessee, not Appalachia, but near to Appalachicola, so there's that. Um, so that, that's who I am. And as David was mentioning, um, I'm much healthier now because I'm not working on my dissertation anymore. I graduated. So, yeah, I guess in way of explanation of that, if you listened to our show and then saw that we disappeared for a year, um, that was my fault. Uh, actually working on your dissertation is all-consuming and horrible, and I did that while having a two-year-old. And so um, I just stopped showing up to record the podcast. So thank you for your forgiveness. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, now now I what I do is um, come to an office every day, uh, play football manager, and read novels. It's great, it's a perfect job. I also write papers, I guess. But hmm? that's a real job. It's a real job. I have a coffee pot. Um, I have spiral binders. I have clear folders. Uh, I have lots of lots of stuff that I do. Anyway, so I guess we should do an actual show. Uh, let's let's do an actual show. But I think for this one, we'll just run through a bunch of stuff because this is our, our first show back, and I think it would be good just to cover some stuff that we are interested in talking about and might be talking about and things that we do rather than doing like an in-depth show on any one subject this time. I think that sounds okay. And also, maybe we should talk about – we've kind of touched on it, but – since we haven't been doing this for a year, what what have what have y'all been up to for this last year? I saw you for like a month out of it, but other than that, I don't know. Chad, has anything been going on in Houston? Uh, no, nothing. Nothing's happened in Houston. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> nothing. Um, like several hurricanes. I think several hurricanes have happened. Um, part, but nothing flood. Like, well, nothing. Nothing around me flooded, but there was lots of flooding. Um. Excuse me. A big thing that has happened, a couple of big, actually, the things I have kind of, that are sticking out right now in my brain are um, the uh, state of Texas has taken over the Houston uh, school system, Houston ISD, or they've taken over the Houston school board. Um, That has happened in the past, like, month. Um, So that is... Is this... Is this part of the larger thing in Texas where the state's trying to take control over because the wrong people are winning office or is this something different? Well, it's very quite like it's this is it's an interesting story because the Houston school board has been it's they've been like sort of mismanaged and they've a lot of compl- like they've the, the Houston school board has not been doing a good job like from teacher like from a teacher's perspective and a parent's perspective. And so this threat of the the TEA, the Texas Educational Agency, taking over the Houston School Board has been kind of looming over them for like like uh, about a year now. But kind of the the bad thing is, well, the controversial thing is, they just decided to take over the school board right after the election. Like we're right of like several, like a couple of new school board members. Uh, were elected and they said, "Oh yeah, like so we're going to take over the school board." 
Um, and we're going to start, like, the state of Texas is going to start running, like, the biggest school district in the state of Texas. And there has been a lot of, like, sort of, like, mismanagement and, uh, you know, behind-the-scenes meetings by the Houston School Board. And But they, it's kind of controversial because that, you know, the election happened and... It is some thinking that, oh, well, yeah, because the right people did not get elected to the Houston School Board, we're going to take it over. And one of the number one reasons that the state of Texas decided to take over the school, like that they cited, the state of Texas said that, oh, the reason why we're doing it is not because the school board has been horribly mismanaged and has been treating uh, teachers and parents horrible, but it's because, like, you know, the Houston School Board had the opportunity to turn over these several public schools to charter schools, and they decided not to. So, and we think that was a bad decision, and so that means they're incompetent because they decided not to turn public schools over to charter schools. So we're going to take it over and run run the school board the right way, or the school district. So who's actually going to be in charge? Uh, it's going to be the state of Te- like the the state of Texas is going to be in charge of the Houston School Board. No, but do they well, have no worries? Like, the, then, yeah. <laughs> do they have like the Texas? Is it like Texas Department of Education or what? Yeah, it's Texas? like the Texas. Yeah, Texas Education Agency is going to be the people in charge of the. And are these the same people who set like textbooks? What textbooks get used across the whole? Nation yeah, the last like the years? yeah the people that yeah that yeah that make sure that uh, nobody learns about. Um, well, they learned that, you know, slavery was not that bad because, like, when everybody got done with, like, their, everybody got done with their work, uh, they got to take breaks, uh, so slavery wasn't all bad, um, and things like they that. They got to take breaks for being enslaved? Yeah, well, they got to, they didn't have to work. They didn't have to work all the all time. Right. They weren't constantly working. They weren't working, like, around yeah. the clock. Yeah. Smoke break. Smoke break. <clears throat> mm. And this is also the, uh... The state of te- has also, um, they were like, well, like, you know, the federal government says we have to spend so much money on special education, but maybe we don't really have to do that. And so they've, um, yeah, they kind of got in trouble with that, like the state of Texas, that they were not spending the federally mandated amount on um, special ed. So they'd like for, uh, I think Houston that's all be, over. Uh, model and... success. I think that's all over in Texas because uh, we have friends up in Dallas who are having trouble with that with um, uh, a special wow. needs kid who uh, just I keep seeing Facebook Facebook posts about cuts <coughs> to special ed and uh, all the different ways that uh, well basically anybody who has special needs kids is getting screwed over. Yeah. Well, it was like what yeah the. It, te- the Texas Education Agency wasn't like enforcing any sort of laws or guidelines, and they're like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" Like, well, people need to get it through their heads that uh, a child is assigned a dollar value at the moment that they're born, and that that's what uh, we're obligated to spend on them. And if they cost more than that, well, they're not really worth it, right? Amen. That's the New Orleans way. And the Texas way. I mean, that's the Texas way. Yeah. yeah, well, setting a shining example. Everyone be like New Orleans. All charter schools. It's worked out great for us. We left the country. It's worked out, yeah. 
So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Like when they haven't, it hasn't fully. The takeover hasn't completely happened. And actually, I think the the Houston uh, one of the one of the big uh, un- teacher unions like came out against the takeover today. Like the Houston Federation of Teachers came out like opposing the the takeover. So is that your union? Uh, no, I'm in the uh, well. So not to dox myself, but I don't teach in the Houston yeah. Independent School District. I teach right, in a school. Right. So like Houston is the there's the Houston. I teach in the city of Houston, but I don't teach in the in the Houston Independent School District. So it's so is it is the Houston Independent School District uh, kind of designed like Dan Crenshaw's congressional district? Exactly. Funny you ask. I t- actually teach in Dan Crenshaw's uh, school district, uh, and he actually. Yeah, I was looking. <laughs> no, go ahead. So I was looking at a map of that the other day, and uh, again, not to reveal uh, your secret location, but it looks like you are not—you don't live in his district, but have to drive uh, three minutes into his district to work. <laughs> I do, and I teach in his district. He came to my—he was at my high school this year. Like he came to visit. Like I didn't know he was there, uh, but one of the teachers that I'm friends with uh, on Twitter, like, it's like, oh, it was so great to have like Dan Crenshaw come and talk to our government class about the way the government works. And Did he know that you were there, or were you standing off to his left? <laughs> I was just standing. I was standing off to my left, having a good time, having fun. <laughs> you kept kind of circling around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he couldn't quite see. Yeah. yeah. Did you see Dan Crenshaw's statement this week of um, that uh, Republicans are the party of Uber? Yeah. Uh, Democrats are the party <laughs> of unions, and Republicans are the party of Uber. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like kind of the consensus was saying um yeah i think you should run with that yeah <laughs> it works for me i think that's a good yeah i mean yeah i think it's pretty accurate he's he's the senator of my kid he's the uh representative of all my students so and he's very representative yeah he is very representative who are mostly like it's like 50 <laughs> percent. i teach at a school so this I'll pretty much I'll pretty much give myself away with this, but I teach a, I teach in his district and I teach in a school that is about fifty percent Latinx, thirty uh, percent African American, and everybody else is like Asian American. So there's like five white kids at my. And they're all the kids of oil executives who grew up traveling around the world, like got a degree from Brandeis or whatever, and then decided to be a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. You That's know, it. The salt of the earth. Salt of the earth, folks. Uh, I thought you were gonna say he was representative because they're uh, a high percentage of special needs. <laughs> well, vision impaired, visually impaired kids. <laughs> I might have to learn how to edit in GarageBand again for that. Allegedly, allegedly vision impaired, allegedly, visually impaired. Uh, all right, so uh, th- thank you for that. Well, that's also isn't. Texas also is a thing right now where is it the judges where now that um, kind of left-leaning judges are getting elected they're trying to take the power away from judges too so there is yeah this is like the they just put it up like a special it's like a special um, special legislative like uh, thing they just put up that in districts that have over like 50,000 people that the judges are no longer going to be elected that they're going to be appointed uh, by um, by the governor which means that it would just mainly be judges in like large urban areas like Houston who right. just had like in the last two elections have had like a mass uh, like democratic uh, female like extremely like even like some you know like 
like left of Democrat, like judges were elected. Um, well, yeah, a DSA member got yeah. elected in Houston, right? Yeah, a DSA member got elected. Uh, it's made like a, like eight African American female judges were elected in 2018, and so. But then, and then all of a sudden, the uh, the legislature said, you know what? Maybe large urban centers should just have like um, uh, the governor should just appoint those judges instead. Not for the not for the rural areas, but only for the urban area. I mean, it, it didn't explicitly say that, but the way that it's kind of worded, like the the population, yeah, the way that it's uh, written is like you know areas that have like fifty thousand or more folks, and yeah, so that's. Well, I'm sure it was just out of concern for the the rule of law and democracy. Yeah, just worried about that. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's all. Well, pretty much there i don't know um okay so david what have you been up to what's been going on with you this year so it's been i guess about a year and a half since we were last together i didn't want to say that because i have to take blame for the um, full year and a half but yeah i've been living that, in yeah. mexico things are good here i live in san miguel uh unlike chad i'll the tell half. you exactly where i live which is okay. down by the right. statue of saint michael at the bottom of Canal Street in San Miguel de Allende. And things have been a little, uh. well, well, you know, things have gotten worse here. We have a lot more cartel activity. And um, my favorite bar has been put out of business, the Corsario. And various ones, they were given an ultimatum by the, uh, by the cartels to either sell drugs for them or go out of business, they complained to the local government who said they didn't think that really happened, and so they chose to go out of business rather than pay protection or sell drugs. And so I'm not going out so much anymore. And a lot of businesses are getting more and more pressure Mm -hmm. from the cartels. And that affects me some, you know, it's like uh, uh, businesses I do business with are gone now, one thing and another. And um, let's see, there's a kid in the neighborhood. I just found out that these kids who take out my trash, they aren't going to school anymore. And he had some long story about how it was all his brother's fault for not doing homework. But I think uh, the mom just doesn't want to bother to send him to school anymore. And so I've been giving them books and toys and stuff just to try to do something for them. And let's see, I bought a new couch today. I've got to, you know, my life is pretty much as it's always been. Uh, Teaching school, I love school, I love my students, I love my job. Even this week while I'm doing evaluations, which is a lot of writing and a lot of uh, reflection over how things have been going. Um... We went out to the rural schools recently to uh, do our community service work, and that was great, seeing the kids out there and uh, doing what we do, which is uh, mostly landscaping sort of stuff, like helping them with their chicken coop and putting out crops and trying to uh, clean all the ball moss out of the trees and stuff for them. And let's see, what else is going on? Not too much. Life is uh, good here, though. You know, I'm happy. My family's doing well. My nephews are coming down to visit me. And uh, 
even though the community's changing some and uh, I'm a little worried about the future, which I guess everybody is uh, maybe more these days than usual. I'm happy to be in Mexico. I'm happy to live where I live and do what I do and all the rest. So yeah, things are great uh, and have been not so terribly changed since last time we spoke. Cool. Well, uh, it's weird. It's weird to not be in New Orleans, as you know. Uh, New Orleans is a very strange place to leave because you get really used to kind of the uh, schedule of the year in New Orleans, which is very set. Um, you know, from Mardi Gras to crawfish to uh, blazing hot summertime to football season and then back around again. Um, and so it's, it's a little weird to not be there. I've forgotten a lot of this. St- I'm back in Japan. I'm back in Kyoto, which is my other favorite city in the world. But I have to say I've been shocked since moving back to Kyoto, and I'd heard reports, but it's beyond my imagination. The influx of foreign tourists is insane, yeah. um, like shockingly, shockingly so. Um, I see white people in places I've never seen white people before. Uh, it's very odd. I used to think I was pretty... S- hmm? Just like New Orleans, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it really is. Um, yeah, I was saying the other day, like, it's kind of ridiculous of me to hate tourism and keep moving between Destin, New Orleans, and Kyoto. So maybe it's my fault, but... Yeah, but it's overwhelming, and it's... Um, it's hard to have a dialogue about tourism without like sounding xenophobic in a way, <laughs> but there's like, there's uh, because the, the um, visa restrictions in China changed a few years ago. There's so many more and the middle class has risen so much in, in China. There's uh, tons and tons of Chinese tourists. And then there's tons and tons of um, I'm guessing Americans or Europeans who look like they all hang out in ACE hotel lobbies and ride their rental bikes around. And I used to be pretty safe in the city. If I stayed north of of Sanjo, I wouldn't see so many tourists, but now they're everywhere. Okay, well, let's see. So what else is going on with me is I started, I finished my dissertation, and so I got a postdoc position over here to keep studying disasters. And it's uh, great. It's a little weird because I work in an office by myself most of the time, and I don't teach this semester. I don't teach for these next two years, which is really weird for me because I've been teaching since I was 23, so it's a, it's a little odd to not be teaching anymore. Um, but it's nice to be back in Japan in a lot of ways. The chance that I'm going to get shot or somebody I know is going to get shot is uh, dropped significantly. Uh, the water system works here, which is strange to me. Um, the, I can go to the doctor anytime that I want uh, for a pretty reasonable price, which is insane. I've been going to the dentist for the first time in eight years since I can go to the dentist here, which is cool. I got a filling. I managed to not get any real new cavities in the last eight years. That's my American success story. I just had a bit of a cavity under a filling. But anyway, so yeah, it's weird to be back in Japan. It's good in some ways, but uh, we all miss not being in New Orleans because New Orleans is hard to leave. Don't worry. New okay. Orleans, New right, Orleans um, will always so be So we were talking you. about kind of always. what we're going to do in, in the near future on the show and any things that we might want to do, like a whole episodes about. Uh, so I kind of want to like pitch those now for people who have been listening to the show or are new to the show so they can kind of hear stuff that will be coming up. So, Chad, you already talked about the, the school board issue. Is there anything else going on in kind of your area or that you have your eye on to – you want to talk about well there i mean there's another 
I mean, the school bo- the the state of Texas also just passed like a new school budget, like a new like this. The uh, they gave all the teachers like a five thousand dollar raise, which actually turned out to not really be a five thousand dollar raise, and they did this whole there was this whole complicated like budget thing to where they redid the formula that how they how they allocated money to all the kids in all the school districts, but it really turned out to just be a complicated way to. Uh, get rid of property tax, like to, to take the emphasis off property tax. It was kind of a, kind of a back, they kind of used like the school budget, like the, the state school budget to, uh, kind of try to get to a point to where they could eliminate like property tax or not eliminate property taxes, but seriously like deter the rise of property taxes in the state of Texas. Um, and and it was all sort of under the premise of, oh, we're going to give teachers like a $5,000 raise, which is not really going to be a $5,000 raise, which is not well, a $5,000 raise. How was it Most disguised? Did like, not what get was a... it pitched as? Um, well, it, so the way, so the, the way like school, like the state of Texas, <clears throat> the state of Texas gives um, a certain amount uh, per student to all the school yeah. districts throughout the the state, and they give the same amount per student, and they and so school districts have to make up the difference. Like if you live in a, like they have to make up, they have to make up uh, the difference uh, by property taxes or by taxes right. is how they have to make it up. So like if you live in a rich, if you live in like a rich school district, you're going to make a lot more money than if you live in a poor school district. Because the school district does not give, um, uh, month does not give like, I mean that the school district will not get to have as much money. I mean everybody gets the same amount of money, and then they have to make like where where the difference comes from is like property. It's from taxes. It's from like local taxes, and so the the legislature redid the formula to kind of take the emphasis off, uh, pro, like to to make it so that school districts would not have to raise mm-hmm. property taxes uh, to to provide it, more money. Is that kind of being driven and, by, like, uh, well, I guess, like, wealthier homeowners, like, not wanting their property taxes to go up? Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yes, I mean, yeah. It was, like, the, uh, I think, like, the Houston, like, the state of Texas, like, Realtor Association was, like, kind of pushed this, and... But it was all under the guise of like, oh, like we're just trying to give the kids, like we're just trying to give like the kids more money, and we're gonna give the stu- we're gonna give like teachers this five thousand dollar raise. But it was like we can theoretically, like if the school districts want to give their st- like teachers a five thousand dollar five thousand dollar a year raise, they can. But they could also use the money for these other mm-hmm. programs if they wanted to, and also the money was only for a year, oh, so, so a raise for a year, like, so it's like a bonus you at, could, at most. Yeah, basically like a bonus. Yeah, so it's like a bonus, and so like our school district didn't give us a five thousand dollar a year raise. They gave us a small raise, and they said, "Oh, we're going to cut corners all these different ways, but we're gonna you're gonna get to keep this great raise that we gave you." Like even though like we lost a bunch of teachers, I'm like, they they didn't fire any teachers at my school, but they like the teachers that retired, they just didn't hire anybody back. Right. So, is how they are kind of doing, and a lot of school districts are doing that. And I live like in my like the school that I teach teach at is like a Title One school, but it's 
like we live like our district is pretty well like there's a lot of risk. I mean, there's like a like a as we, like we get a lot of tax like we get a lot of tax mm-hmm. revenue for the school district does or more than so. Most. Do you think any so, part of this is to try to like uh, make sure there's not uh, a strike like there has been at lots of teachers unions through the nation? Is it like? I think so. Yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah, like very much so. I mean, the like the the unions in Texas are not uh, as, you know, mm-hmm. active as other unions, but they are like gigantic. I mean, like, you know, it's like a one of the biggest states and, you know, most of the teachers are members of like one of the like either of the the National Education uh, Association or the American Federation of Teachers like those two. Everybody's like a you know, a member of one of those unions. So, yeah, I think it was like a big kind of a a way to try to curtail a teacher strike mm. of some kind. Preemptively. Interesting. Preemptively, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess one thing I want to so. – well, there's two things I want to talk about in future episodes. Uh, one, I guess soon because it just happened, was uh, John Bell Edwards got reelected in Louisiana – um, which is good. It's very good because his the guy he was running against is a complete psychopath um, whose entire platform was just being a sycophant for Donald Trump, uh, and who was going to repay, uh, get rid of the Medicare, the Medicaid buy-in, which is what my family was on, and five hundred thousand other people are on in Louisiana. So it's a pretty consequential election, but it got it's being extrapolated kind of nationally to say, look, this is. Um, this has some kind of relation to a blue wave or you can run like this and win. Uh, and I think there's a lot of skepticism in Louisiana about saying that because one, Louisiana is really idiosyncratic in so many ways. And another, as other people and my friend Jeff has pointed out, is that John Bell Edwards won because he got over 90% of the vote in New Orleans, the largest city in Louisiana, um, and a very strong democratic city. And he one overwhelmingly amongst African-Americans. So uh, if you're saying that can work across the country by running a really like the most conservative Democrat possible and having outrageous um, voter turnout and percentages in one city and um, African-American turnout, that's not exactly the best way to build a national campaign it might be looking at just the things that happened in Louisiana. So that's something I'm interested in talking about. The other is um, horribly, <laughs> horribly embarrassing and sad topic, which is the rise of Matt Gates, my congressman, um, the dumbest human being on the planet. And uh, you know, his dad was my was the uh, uh, superintendent of schools when I was in high school. So I'm very familiar with with Don Gates and Matt Gates and kind of the absolute cesspool that Matt Gates rose out of. And a little known thing that I never see anyone talking about is that his dad, Don Gates, who used to be pre- superintendent and was president of the, the Florida State House, is now in charge of, um, of the Triumph Gulf Coast Consortium, which is in charge of, dis- yeah, it's the agency which is in charge of dispensing the BP oil spill money settlement in Northwest Florida. So his dad is in control of $300 million that's dispersed to um, communities uh, that apply to them for the funds. And I've been kind of going through the funds yesterday and what they're used for, and it's exactly what you'd think. It's just development. It's just building. It's seriously building, like, um, 
sewer connections and power connections to undeveloped areas and putting roads in there uh, so that developers can can put in second homes for for retiree or you know or for people to retire from the north to to uh, the Florida first district which is Matt's base of support is um, racists who want to cosplay as southerners for a while so uh, yeah, that's a thing that I, I would like to cover in definitely the future. Is that uh, Triumph the Insult Consortium? Yeah, agency. Triumph the Insult Gulf Coast Consortium. It's fairly <laughs> insulting. So there's that. Uh, so yeah, I think that would be a good thing to talk I, about. Uh, as far uh, as David, I know, are you back with yes, us? I am. Um, I have... Uh... Okay. If you're there, if David, <laughs> if you're there, there in wise. spirit anyway. I, I think I'm recording on a different... Uh, um, uh, system now. I'm back to the old um, vinyl. I'm back on vinyl, Wavelength. which is great. <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's sort of like it's sort of like having you, the third leg the of now? the triumvirate be Abe Simpson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm shaking my fist at the machine, so it should be working now. Uh, but a few <laughs> things that I was thinking that we, yeah, that gummit. I think that's what that's what that's what we all do is we're just shaking yeah. our fist at yeah. the machine. Oh yeah. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> oh, you know when I was talking about school earlier, I didn't I'm mention sorry. I have a student named Atticus now. <laughs> oh really? That's funny. Yeah. Guess where I he's from? A, I have a uh, Meg's Junior High School. I don't know where. Uh, New York, Brooklyn. Yeah, not funny. Brooklyn, but New York. That's he's funny. a sweetheart. I, he's great. I have a friend whose kid's name is Scout. Oh, nice. But I don't know anybody named So Dan. anyway, the, a few. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of things I'm interested in. I mean, I don't go quite as deep dive in uh, local politics as you guys do. I mean, I do here in San Miguel, but I think that doesn't count so much. And also, if I talk about it here, I can get in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. uh, because there's a very thin line between drug cartels and Politics. elected officials. But I was thinking, one thing I was thinking about this whole uh, Bell Edwards thing, which I saw connected with uh, Bashir winning in um, Kentucky mm -hmm. and the fact yeah. that Trump kind of went all in for both of them and it being seen not as a sign of liberalism or whatever, but as a sign that uh, Trump is uh, wearing out his uh, cachet in, uh, uh, among voters. I don't know that that's true, but that's what they were saying. Well, there, there's um, been that one of the commentaries then, on the Louisiana election that I think is probably accurate is that both senators from Louisiana, John Kennedy and Bill Cassidy, very strange dudes, both of them, who were Democrats up until very recently, um, campaigned really hard for uh respond responi respond uh the against john bell edwards and it didn't seem to do that much it didn't seem to help that much and so the possibility there might be is that kind of trump and republican senators um there might be a schism there where they're not really reinforcing each other's power like trump isn't really a boost for them and they aren't really a boost for any statewide candidates which would be a good thing Yep, yep. Uh, and then there were a couple of different things. I just was kind of looking around at things I was uh, sort of interested in. One of them was, uh, this goes back to May. It's this year, but it was uh, back in May where VW workers rejected the union again 
in mm-hmm. Chattanooga with mm-hmm. a fair amount of pressure from the state legislature. Right. And uh, much narrower than last time. And it's all just, to me, a really interesting story because partly one of the reasons they reject it is because they say, well, we already have a good voice. And they have a good voice because it's a German parent company that are used to dealing with workers because it's required that there be union representatives on the board of German corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my understanding anyway. Yeah, right. And so they're very responsive to workers. And the workers say, well, but, and it's kind of a classic story, which is because unions have taken us so far, we don't need a union anymore because we'd have to pay dues. Mm-hmm. And also because our politicians have said that they're going to um, do everything they can to stop us from uh, even having a place to work anymore if our workplace goes union. Because Tennessee's pretty adamantly anti-union. And then a couple other things. One in the uh, uh, slightly abstract, um, just talking about um, the full-blooded Cherokee princess great-grandmother that so many Southerners have, and just about how... The idea of Native Americanness and what mm-hmm. that constitutes has been changed by all of this um, uh, genome, um, like, I guess, uh, 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 personal research, quantum. where people right. find out that they have some sort of genetic marker that might be for some sort of Native American person, but just about how racist it is in general to say that your race is determined by some genetic marker rather than cultural experience and history and family history and all the other stuff. And that, to me, is a really interesting uh, subject, partly because of what I understand about my own story, which is we had one of those uh, full-blooded princesses uh, at some point and then found no sign of any sort of... um, Native American marker in the family when they started doing, uh, when a few people in my family have had the 23andMe or whatever it is test. Same and year. how much that sort of explodes a lot of the stories. Yep. Yep. Um, I know Chad. Yeah, and then the, also, I, I, yeah, I talked to you guys uh, 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 via email, I guess, about the idea of talking some about architecture in the south because i'm really interested in it i know you know a lot about architecture and i think we grew up in sort of interesting houses and with changing architecture in the places that we lived uh Mm -hmm. beach houses in the south i think are Mm -hmm. a kind of interesting thing and the idea of the vacation house and the idea of uh you know, so many people, when they think about architecture in the South, they think of sharecropper shacks and plantations. And there's so many other things going on. I was thinking about New Orleans and how a shotgun is the, I think, sort of the standard New Orleans house design mm-hmm. uh, for most working class people. And it allows no privacy whatsoever, which is a very New Orleans sort of thing. And uh, mm-hmm. the idea of... Um, well, just the way that architecture makes Southern people Southern and makes everybody else who they are to uh, how we use public space, how we use private space, all the rest. Uh, that's all interesting to me, and I know that you have a lot of expertise on it, so I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about it. 
I've forgotten all of it, but I'll try. And then I think the... the I think I still have a copy of your thesis. Oh, yeah. I think I still have a copy of your thesis, so I can uh, drag that that. out. Um, And I think one thing that we were all interested in talking about is kind of the... Uh, the rise and leftist circles of popularity of Dolly Parton lately, and then kind of the also criticism. Oh, of yeah. Someone we've all been in some way or another connected with for a long time. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, so that's interesting. So that's all stuff we can do um, on our, our next shows, which we're going to start churning out by the dozen. By the dozen. Every three dozen. months, there will be a dozen shows. Get ready. <laughs> up. If my math is correct. Um, so, all right. Well, Works we'll see out, if we can yeah. piece this one together from the scraps that we have. But uh, thank you guys, and we'll see everybody next time. Bye. 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 Get ready. Bye.